Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hey Man, It's Okay. I'm your host, Sky, joined by my amazing fellow host, Ryan. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. How you doing, yeah, Sky? Pretty good. How about yourself, man? I'm great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Good week, busy week. week. We're at the start of the week. Start of the week, but heading to Hawaii on Thursday. I've got a wedding this weekend, and I think yeah, uh, I you do too, headed, right? I'm headed to Arizona to yeah. be part of a wedding, yeah. Nice, and you're officiating it. Is that and I'm officiating. It's first time ever. I'm very excited Ooh. about it. I've done like three or four. I get really nervous. I, oh, I yeah. have to do a lot of prep work, and yeah. Now I have like a whole template. Ready to go. <laughs> Anytime anybody wants to hire me. Yeah, maybe I should hit you up for a few tips <laughs> before I, I'm actually True, doing totally. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, let's dive into today's very special episode. When it comes to our mental health, sometimes we can't just do it on our own or with talking to a therapist. Sometimes we need some medical assistance and we don't know much about that. I mean, Ryan, you probably know a little bit more about it than I do. Yeah, maybe a little. We learn a little bit of like psychopharmacology while we're in school and over the years working with clients. And, I, you know, I also worked at an inpatient treatment center and got to know a little bit about medication and maybe some favorites. But yeah, still, it's out of my scope of competence. Yeah. Actually, out of my scope of practice. I've well, I thought this out. would be a good topic today. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. why we have invited our very special guest, Dr. H from the Pharmacy Sports Podcast. Here he is, everybody. Dr. H. Hey, what's hey. up? Hey. <laughs> up, guys? How's it going? Good, man. Living the dream one day at a time. It's uh, finally bearable outside here in Texas, so it's great, man. <laughs> yeah, what's your weather like out there? It's 85 right now, and uh, the high was 88 earlier. It was 59 this morning. I didn't know what to do with myself. Oh, oh man. It's uh, quite, currently quite 62 here in Seattle. Oh, nice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you told me it's raining? Shocking, and, right? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. It's raining in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well... Mm -hmm. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. I'm a big proponent for good mental health counseling, good mental health well-being. So it's something I'm very passionate about. Awesome. We're going to do what we normally do here on the podcast. And we're going to ask you a little bit about yourself and why you're here and what got you to this point in life where you're here on a mental health podcast. Yeah, I'm great, man. I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey into mental health and a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Yeah. So uh, my name is Dr. Hussam Hamoush. I'm the owner and operator of Stonebriar Pharmacy in Frisco, Texas. I also host a sports pharmacy podcast, uh, something that connected me and Sky and Ryan here on uh, via Reddit, which was awesome to, to get to know you guys. I uh, got into pharmacy. It was my first year of college where a good friend of mine actually overdosed on uh, opioid medication. And it was one of the things, yeah, man, he's, you know, it's tough. But thankfully, 12 years ago, so things are growing. But right when he passed away, I decided I can't play soccer the rest of my life. So I really got to figure out what I want to do with everything. Saw that I enjoyed chemistry and biochemistry. So I, I got my uh, bachelor's in biochemistry. Then got into pharmacy school in uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. Specialized in drugs and dependence. That was my main focus because that's what kind of drove me into pharmacy. Did a lot of research with marijuana and Parkinson's disease. That was our, my big thesis for the end of school, which is obviously a whole other thing we can talk about another point. I started to realize even in school that my mental health, I feel like was really, I really struggled with anxiety. That was one of the, the big things that every student will tell you is like, oh, you're always stressed. You're always going through this. You're self-medicating with nicotine or caffeine just to get through things. I thought it would get better after I left school. It really didn't. Started working for a large pharmacy corporation. Won't name any names. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I won't talk about that. Became a district leader, became a pharmacy supervisor, meaning I had 21 stores that I was in charge of. 2019, I decided this just wasn't for me. This whole corporate gig wasn't for me. It was 
declining on my mental health. I was watching pharmacists struggle. And so I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going back. And I, I purchased the pharmacy <laughs> June of 2019, which was great, man. Being able to help people in a more community setting is awesome. And that just led me here, bro. Like I enjoy talking about, so coming from as, as a Syrian American, mental health was really nothing that was really talked about. It was nothing that yeah. was really addressed. So to me, it's something that I want to bring to the forefront. And I'm always encouraging people to talk about and seek help when they need help. Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving us, I know it's kind of a brief overview of who you are and you're here today. Why a podcast? Yeah. Why sports pharmacy? Going back to when I was with that large pharmacy corporation, I gained a lot of weight. I got like really bad shape. I was like over 280 pounds and diagnosed with type two diabetes. And then I was like, well, shoot, I got to do something to fix this. Got super healthy. I lost 40 pounds. And now I'm just teaching people how to do that. I became a certified sports nutritionist. And it's just my passion mm. around sports and pharmacy. I just combine the two and we really talk about anything. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to say no to people. So that's so cool. We had a, I had a mental health counselor come on recently and uh, we talked about the yips in sports and how, how he's helping. Mm. Like he's a, uh, he works for FC Dallas and he's one of their sports mm -hmm. psychologists. So it's pretty interesting what they kind of go. Through. What, what is some of his uh, recommendations for the yips? You'll just have to check out the episode. He was really good about showing some of the exercises that he does with his athletes. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, that he does talk about is a lot of the nootropics that we'll talk about today. Some of that stuff really helps with just leveling people out. We always got to make sure that we're always abiding by the anti-doping policies to make sure we're not violating mm -hmm. anything like that. That's where I came into place. I help FC Dallas and other teams with making sure that any medications that any of their players take are not going to get them suspended for any reason. And a nootropic is is technically like pharmaceutical for helping the brain work better, work faster. So the easiest way I always tell people is basically we're trying to hack your mind. And how do you use more than the 10% that they say that you use? And these medications are basically just, just boosting. So anything could be technically a nootropic. For example, the most common type is caffeine. That's what that's the most common type of nootropic. I start every I take, day with nootropic. Same. <laughs> Likewise. Same. I've also been taking uh, this Alpha Brain. Which Alpha Brain? You like that stuff? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Joe Rogan's drug. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I think that's where I, uh, I heard yeah. it. It's really good because it has citrulline and L-theanine in it, but also I think the main component that's missing is something called lion's mane, <laughs> which is, to me, the best form of a nootropic to help with focus. Yeah. yeah. And lion's mane is a mushroom. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can actually find it. It looks like it looks like a the mane of a lion when you actually see it, like the actual mushroom. And when mm -hmm. they, they basically just, just freeze dry it, crush it up, and put it into a capsule, pretty much the easiest way to explain it. So what you're oh, saying wow. is if I had alpha brain and also drank the mushroom coffee that they have now... I'd be like on I'd have superpowers. Thing? Oh yeah. That's really? a huge thing. Yeah. Mushroom mm -hmm. coffee. They've got a mix of like 14 or 15 different mushrooms mm -hmm. that they have ground up and you brew it like you brew coffee. That's pretty good. I don't yeah. think I would ever drink that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It seems, it seems a little excessive. Gross. I have yeah. brands that I like, obviously, but but it's whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. So how do you kind of see mental health from a pharmaceutical medication standpoint? There's really two steps to it. And the first step, obviously, Ryan and Scott, you guys can always speak mm -hmm. to this, is making sure you're seeing the right type of help. For some people, like for someone like me, I really just call Dennis when I really need something or if I feel like I found my trigger or if I found something I wanted to talk about. For example, Friday, I called him. and I was like, hey, man, I'm having this small issue. And he was able to get me in this week. It's good to me having that type of relationship with your therapist that you're comfortable mm -hmm. telling them, hey, I have XYZ going on. I don't want to talk about it right now. I really want to sit down and talk about it more in a professional manner. That's always my step one. There are so many cool things. And Ryan, I'm sure you'll talk about this too, man. And I'm a big proponent. I love CBT. That's my one of the easiest things for an elect like me is just to sit down and, and reason things through in my head because that's all it needs. It's all up here. We just got to get it down. You know what I mean? 
-hmm. The next step to me could be medication. Mm -hmm. And it could be anything from your antidepressant, your anti-anxiety. If you want to get more to the prescription side, that's fine. There's some really good stuff. Different age groups, different side effects. People always got to watch out for. And then there's the other side, which is one of my favorite ones is the nootropics. I, for one, have my own cocktail that I have designed for me to help with my stress, my anxiety of running a business and XYZ. It varies on which direction you want to go to. What was it that, that helped you create this cocktail? Like what were some of the things that you were sort of either looking to alleviate or looking to tweak? And maybe what does that look like now? I didn't really want to be like zonked out on mm -hmm. Ambien or sorry, like Ativan or, or any of that kind of stuff. And I don't want anything that inhibits my mental capacity. I just, my whole life is around my brain, right? And making sure that patients are staying safe. So I wanted something that I could take that I knew would level me out and just keep my focus all the way the same. There were different things that I read. Some of the things about, if you've heard of this, or maybe you can speak more to me about it is ADHD is how it relates to anxiety. And if there's a correlation between those two. So sometimes if you treat the ADHD, then it kind of helps with your anxiety as well. Have you heard of something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the two are sort of almost interchangeable depending, right? You know, that really it's like our brain speeding up sort of on a hamster wheel and anxiety can look like ADHD and vice versa. And often yeah. somebody with ADHD who's got a hyperactive mind is then having hyperactive thoughts as well. Yeah. I kind of just dove deep mm -hmm. into the nootropics, man. I tried something that, that I sell. It really works. Like these natural remedies truly, really help people. And I've recommended, like we talked about before, lines made for a lot of people just to help with focus mm -hmm. or a big thing right now, the whole thing with Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift in the past has talked about L-theanine a lot, which helps with anxiety, manage expect manager your emotions and stuff like that. That's I love L-theanine. It looks yeah. weird though. <laughs> it does. It sure does. So we get it in a powder form. And so oh, I mix okay. in my morning protein. Okay. Yeah. My wife takes an L-theanine pill in the morning. Nice. Okay. There yeah. we go. Yeah. So yeah, that's so cool. That's so interesting. Working with medication and the things that you like to help you get the effect you want is so cool. And studying into that, but... I was wondering what helped you get from, because I'm in sure in school, they're like, you know, big pharma, big pharma. How yeah. do you, and especially because of, you know, where you worked, how did you get from that and go towards the holistic side of things? What's surprising in our curriculum at VCU, and we were one of the first ones to do this, is that we included a course called Pharmacognosy. It's all natural remedies. It's a whole course on natural remedies, how it works in the body, the biochemistry that's involved. And we dove super deep into that our first year. And that's kind of what really intrigued my mind a little bit. It's just kind of where I pushed myself. I started taking black seed oil just from talking about that from that class. What's black seed oil? Yeah. Oh, man. Black seed oil is one of the <laughs> oldest known nutrients known to man. Okay. Prophet Muhammad in Islam, he, was, he used to take black seed oil for anything. But obviously, I don't recommend it for anything. But it really helps with allergies. That's the crazy thing. It really helps with oh. allergies. Yeah. Interesting. Does your pharmacy also sell the big pharma medications? Oh, yeah. Well, we're okay. we're a compounding pharmacy. So we make okay. a lot of our mm -hmm. own stuff. Most of the stuff that we do are more focused on the hormone replacement, weight loss, mm -hmm. and uh, skincare. And definitely at some point, I kind of wanted to ask you about testosterone. Sure, I absolutely. I've had a couple of clients who, as of recently, actually tell me that was probably the number one thing that affected their mental health was getting mm -hmm. on a like a TRT yeah. hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. You'd be surprised, man. If, if you have a messed up baseline hormone levels, it's going to mess your whole endocrine system up. Your serotonin uptake is completely skewed because of testosterone. Yep. You're talking to somebody who suffered from low T right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah real bad. It sucks, man. It yeah. sucks. Man, when yeah. I tested it, I had less testosterone than an 18-year-old female. Oh, and, no. Uh, 
because it's I was trying now. to, Sorry. yeah, because I was trying to have children at the time, they actually recommended a kind of a cocktail of two different medications, one to stop my brain from receiving the signal that I've got enough and one mm -hmm. to stop from turning the testosterone, turning back into estrogen. And now I'm finally back up to normal levels. And I can wow. tell you, man, ever since I started that and ever since I got that in line, my mental health, like just up and up and it's just been increasing. It's, it's really so important. Hormone imbalance is like, it affects even high school students, even athletes that are going through whatever practice that they're going to is when you start with low T, especially in guys, mm -hmm. then your entire baseline, your metabolic range, everything is just going to be skewed. And for women too, it could affect with fertility. There's always different kinds of, especially pre-menopausal and post-menopausal women. That's kind of what our bread and butter is. And we do a lot of even stuff for before they do any sort of trans uh, surgeries as well. Any sort of like uh, what's it called? gender dysmorphia surgeries. Even in Texas. Even in Texas, yes. Yeah, because I've heard yeah. I've heard there's a lot of of controversy. You know, bringing up yeah. that you know the, yeah. that medication. Yeah. How do you? How are you received? Sky, nobody tells me what to do, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, I mean, except for obviously the boards and everything, whatever. But a close friend of mine here in my town where I live, he's a board certified surgeon is a urologist and he specializes in, in vaginoplasty and in gender dysmorphia. That's what he works on. And he trusts us to do his compounds for the hormone replacement. We have an age limit. I will say no, everyone has to be over the age 18 and they actually have to ha pass two. Like a psyche yeah, psyche valves. They had to pass two mm -hmm. psyche valves from two different doctors before they'll even go into the program. Just to make sure you know, that they're ready for it. That's so mm -hmm. cool. I've heard a lot about the testosterone levels being lower and lower and lower as the generations keep going on. A lot of that has to do with food, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of processed food. There's so many natural ways that you can help improve your testosterone. And caffeine is actually one that actually helps boost the, the conversion of DHT into testosterone. It helps with that pathway. And making sure you're hydrated. And every time you hit the gym, God, they've proven this. They've shown that the difference between three days a week versus zero days a week, there is actually measurable difference in testosterone. Interesting. Really? Yeah. What are some of the uh, the natural remedies to to increase testosterone? We have something called Trebisium Forte in our pharmacy that helps slow down the degradation of your testosterone within your pharmacy. I'll send you the name too. It's a little bit oh. tricky to send out. That's a really good one that a lot of people use. There's always a traditional hormone replacement with actual yams made uh, crystalline of testosterone that we make that we form into a cream or a capsule or a trochee. That's always an option. yams? Yeah, they're deriving from yams. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Yes, I don't like to use soy because soy's got like a negative, uh, sometimes it has negative reaction with some patients. So I stuck yeah. with the yams, which nobody has any issues with yams, so. That's so Drugs are cool, man. Drugs are like, Drugs are it's, just, yeah. it's just, it blows my mind how as long like, as they're like properly prescribed. Of course, of course. As, I mean, course. like even, okay, even, even with the whole opioid crisis, right. And we're watching this go down right now. And then even when we were growing up, it was crystal meth back in Virginia. That was like a huge thing back then. Even just the thought of knowing that something so small on a molecular level can have a different effect on different people. It's remarkable, man. Some people cope with alcohol. Some people cope with marijuana. So it's just, it's, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I've been yeah. watching that, uh, that painkillers show. It's good, Netflix. isn't it? I, I don't know if either. It's depressing. It's, it's, very, mean, it's, it's, it's an good. excellent show. Yeah. Excellent show. But, it, you know, just because it tells the story of the opiate crisis from, from almost every angle, right? From mm -hmm. the, the pharma rep to, mm -hmm. you know, to the Sackler family to, you know, the poor guy who hurt his back and, yeah. you know, is now hooked. It's called a prescribing cascade, man. You start prescribing and people get hooked. I remember I was in pharmacy school and when all that was starting out, when the Purdue started marketing, they used to come to the pharmacy schools and ask pharmacy students to market for them. That's what they used to do. And a lot of people did, man. They made a lot of money doing it too.
I didn't. Yeah. I just I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's so tragic? I think about opiates is the just how difficult it is to get off them. I have a feeling yeah. that you know there would be half, or you know, more than half would no longer be addicted if it wasn't just you know an excruciating nightmare coming off of them. Why is it that the United States, and maybe you'll know, accounts for ninety five percent of the use of of pain medication? The number one prescribed pain medication in the entire country is hydrocodone. So, wait, wait is, do you have the answer? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I I mean, I I have my reasons, but you know, everyone's going to have, you know, I think one of the big thing is, is, is we've disconnected from the earth, right? We've disconnected from the things that are naturally around us just to get the quick fix and get the quick solution instead of putting in the work. And I think that might be something to do with that issue. Yeah. Do you guys talk a lot about a lot of addiction on the, on the podcast at all? We haven't much. No, No. I was just, I'm just curious. I just, it's such a, Especially like for people that can't get their medication on time, I think the there was a big like a study with the suicide rates and people that were addicted to opioid medications. I'm not sure if y'all even refer mm. to that. But oh yeah, it's well, tough. And op- opiates can lower testosterone as well. I think significantly. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. even yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah, that's actually maybe something we should talk about on a future episode, Ryan, is addiction. Yeah, there you go. Science yeah, behind addiction, right? It's There's some really smart people that know a lot about that stuff. And oh, yeah. I'm super fascinated by it. Oh, yeah. I, so, I spent two years working at a, uh inpatient treatment center, you know, and I thought it was one of the best around here. Hard work, you know, and it's even the best treatment centers you know, only a handful, something like 20, 30%, you know, have success at abstaining wow. afterwards. Ryan, what no. does LMFT stand for? Licensed marriage and family therapist. In, oh, nice. in California, in order to practice psychotherapy, you either have to be a LMFT or a social worker. Got it. An MSW. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just sorry. Sorry, no. sorry for listening. Yeah. No. Yeah. So Ryan's also into the holistic medication. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's, man, it's, it's remarkable mm-hmm. how much this stuff can help. They used it in the Chinese medicine, you know, thousands of years ago. Why can't we keep using it now? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We I actually just trained, had a conversation about it last week. I got trained in psychedelic therapy a couple of years ago. Nice. Uh, nice. Particularly with, uh, with ketamine. So, and yeah, fascinating how, you know, somebody can be you know, really in this like myopic tunnel vision depression and, you know, maybe have one infusion or one injection with a good therapist and, you know, really can transform uh, the way your mind thinks to just get even like an hour or two with a different thought process can really uh, be beneficial. Have you heard of it being used nasally? Yes. I believe Johnson and Johnson might've came out with like yeah. one of the first, I think there's something very different between like the lozenges, the nasal therapy versus like an infusion or an injection. Once the infusion injections are sort of like blast offs and yeah, I feel like the <laughs> nasal therapy and the lozenges are more like just sort of feel good instead of, uh, interesting. you know, the real experience. Yeah. So when you went into your psychedelics, did you got did you go into any of the like MDMA studies or anything that they're talking about now? That's what we I think we talked about last week. I think that I think MDMA has a lot of potential. Unfortunately, I believe the the company that's really pioneering it, it's this company called Maps. I think they've raised you know, somewhere close to like half a billion dollars. And they were initially trying to decriminalize it. Yeah. And they kind of have since abandoned that. 
business model. And they're now sort of becoming like a big pharma company and mm-hmm. trying to create their own, you know, synthetic yeah, MDMA yeah. product that, you know, will be their patent. And um, so there's really a negative connotation when it comes to it, too. So I think that's a part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's hard to get some of these drugs decriminalized. You know, yeah. I think once they get that negative connotation, nobody wants to, you know, course correct. I apologize. I'll take this off the rails. I'm no. sorry. No, that's what no, this is no, all about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this has no set, like, we don't have a set schedule. Mm-hmm. We're just like, man, let's nice. just talk about, you know, a subject that we all care about. Yeah, I love it. And drugs in general. I mean, it's, there's such a wide variety, especially like what we consider good slash bad, mm-hmm. you know, opiates. I mean, amazing painkillers also terribly addictive you know terribly and can can really give you one hell of a euphoria alcohol caffeine lion's mane you know all these different things it's Mm -hmm. like now the the big thing you guys are familiar with the rapper little wayne yeah yeah Yeah. so he suffers from really bad epilepsy now because of a previous promethazine and codeine addiction that he had because he was drinking that syrup so yeah it's true like if a long-term use of codeine especially with promethazine leads into epilepsy it sucks for him because he's got he's got to deal with that for the rest of his life I take promethazine and meclizine when needed yeah, because <laughs> I actually suffer from I suffer from vertigo sometimes. For and real? they found out that it was psychotic or that yeah, it was like a really? psychotic episode. Yeah. So they started they gave me a, you know, a cocktail of those two things and it like pretty much instantly stops the vertigo. It's great. Have you ever tried like any any like natural stuff for it? No, because so the first time I found out that this stuff worked, I actually had just had my wisdom teeth out. And so getting vertigo and, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to blow out and get dry sockets. Right. So my wife was like, nothing's coming up because you don't want to get infected. So we're taking you to the hospital. I actually didn't know that there Mm. were natural remedies for the, I mean, I've tried the head thing, but because it's psychotic, that doesn't get, you know, fixing it with like the stones in the brain doesn't do it. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty cool. But you always like hearing about stuff like this. You'll have to tell me about some of the natural methods. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of my a lot of patients, for especially for vertigo that I've struggled with for a long time, they usually use ginkgo, bilbao, and then uh, and turmeric helps a lot too. Oh, okay. Yeah, and turmeric is a big one. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been several years now since That's I've good. since I've had a vertigo. I'm gonna knock on wood for you, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. My desk is not made of wood. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Dr. H, I got to ask you about my most difficult and longest difficult journey that I've had okay. is Ready. with sleep. Okay. What would you recommend as far as going to sleep, staying asleep, yeah. uh, winding down? Yeah. I think melatonin is an awful drug. Really? I, melatonin is a hormone, and a lot of people think okay. that taking 10 milligrams is really going to help. The whole design of it is to help with circadian rhythm and to help your body know that this is the time to go to sleep. This is the time to wake up. But a lot of people just take too much and it just doesn't help. And if anything, it messes up with your sleep cycle. Are there reasons why you're not falling asleep or reasons why you're not staying asleep? I had, have just had trouble sleeping for as long as I can remember. And, and it's it's actually falling asleep. Once I usually get to sleep, I'm good. It's over. But, yeah. but it's winding that thing down. And, you know, I, I feel like I meditate a lot. And I feel like I can slow my mind down to it's, you know, basically stopped and still I can't get to that, you know, yeah. that, that final. Have uh, you shutdown. have you ever taken magnesium? Yeah, I think. But it's I haven't a, stuck with it. I've been taking melatonin, which is yeah. and, no, and I'm, I'm telling you that's probably gonna time. make it worse. Honestly, I think it's really? making it worse. Um, there is a tri pack of magnesium that has three different salts in it. It has magnesium oxide, malate, and glycinate. That uh, I got off Amazon, I can I can send it to you too. When you have those three, it helps with both your circadian rhythm, 
helps with your sleep, helps with muscle recovery. It helps with a lot of different things. And whenever your body is having issues with energy or focusing how to, when to start making energy versus when to use energy, it's usually a magnesium imbalance. So I think of it as that when you're trying to fall asleep, your body, your cells are still trying to fire off ATP to keep you awake for some reason or another. It could be an anxiety issue. It could be just an imbalance issue. Magnesium helps that ATP reuptake and helps just keep the energy in to save it for when you need it. Whenever your body starts getting deprived of magnesium, it starts to get it from somewhere. And usually it's from your cells. And that's why you're expelling energy because it's trying to find magnesium. So when you start taking it, your muscles get fed, your cells are getting fed, and it helps just to slow everything down. And it could be just something as simple as that. I mean, 80% of the population is, is low in magnesium, which is crazy to think about. It's not normally a test that's usually done, especially like on a, on a basic metabolic panel. But it's something that's really important. The tri-pack of magnesium is, I promise you, is, is something great. The other option you could also add is that you can add valerian root. Valerian root's really good for just helping, helping just slowing your heart rate and kind of helping you get to that falling asleep phase. Those two work really well together. But I would try the magnesium first. And when you say tri-pack, that's like, it's three different magnesium Three different magnesium salts types. in one capsule. Yep. Three different salts in one capsule. I Interesting. Man, that's yeah. so cool. Because yeah. I actually have... I have a hard time staying asleep, but I'm once I'm a guy that pretty much once my head hits the pillow, I'm out. Oh, really? <laughs> Man, I wish I could have. I don't. I'm still trying to figure out that You're off lucky. switch in my brain. <laughs> yeah, it's called Natural Rhythm Triple Calm Magnesium. That's the one that I like. Natural Rhythm Triple Calm. Yeah, I had a, a client actually yesterday, kind of uh, describing the same troubles, and uh, he said, you know, it's sleep is like the one thing where there's no formula necessarily for to actually get there. Like, there's no instructions into you know how to really just shut your mind off. So I don't know. I you mentioned you mentioned meditating. Can you tell me about your meditating process? Yeah, well, I've been meditating for years. I've probably been teaching it to clients ever since I started practicing therapy. Mainly, I'm just, I think it's um, Vipassana is kind of the traditional name for it. But basically focusing you know, just on one, one thing, either a sensation, my breath, my body, maybe gravity pulling me into the chair. Most often, I'm just kind of taking a slow breath and you know trying to really just hone in on you know one area. And usually that's, that's the feeling of the sensation of the breath coming in through my nose. Oh. Interesting. And then it's, you know, usually like, uh, it's a lot like working out. It's you're doing reps, you know, you're, okay. you're noticing that you're lost in thought. And then once you kind of catch that again, you sort of bring yourself back to the sensation, gotcha. you get lost in thought again, bring yourself back. But you know, there's so many different ways to really meditate. You can, you can also just like open up almost your entire periphery. And this is actually really helps ADHD, you know, and, and it switches sort of the way that our brain is like, is processing information. You know, we go from like a sort of a spotlight to now like this receiving mode. And so you, you can do that and then kind of focus. My favorite type, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's I first open up my periphery vision and then I kind of find the sensation somewhere in my body, usually kind of like in this heart center mm -hmm. and almost like riding a bicycle. See if I can kind of keep my attention out here and here and then kind of bringing it in through the breath and you know if i do that for 15 20 minutes i truly have a feeling similar to mdma i mean it's uh it's, really it's kind of wild that you know like this this almost like pure bliss comes over Interesting. um yeah yeah and then the you know if you really crazy. get into it the mind is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'll say. It's, man, it's crazy. Cool. Uh, yeah, because you can, you, there's this app called Waking Up. 
Okay. It is hands down, I think, the best meditation app ever made. I actually think it's maybe just the best app ever made, Wicked. period. There's okay. so much good information on there. There's some of the best uh, meditation teachers around the world who all have like little courses uh, throughout. Nice. And there's, you know, there's so many different styles of meditation that you can learn in there. Plus, there's like an introductory course, like a 28 day just gives you like the nuts and bolts of why you're doing what you're doing. I can't recommend it more. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. I see they have a 30 day for your trial. So I'm definitely going to try that. Yeah. Out. And I think you can email Sam Harris is the guy who, who created it and you can just email him and ask for it for free. Oh, for real? I love free. He'll give it to you for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang, that's nice. Right? Well noted. Brian also does guided meditation. Oh, for real? All, all, all sorts. Yeah. What's that? Like I can sign up for it online like, or. Um, I mean, I do it in my sessions. So I, I can, I can call you. Hey, Ryan, yeah. can you help? <laughs> Just <laughs> guide me through something real fast. Yeah. Help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have have yeah. you ever tried any sort of meditation? Yeah, bro. I've been hypnotized before. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, uh, and and one of my classes in pharma school that that same pharmacognosy class they encouraged us to go try like different holistic medicine. Like I got the needles, acupuncture. I tried that. That was that was pretty cool. I loved acupuncture. Uh, oh yeah, have you tried cupping? Yes, that's my oh, favorite yeah. man. That, that, that holds my awesome. hip pain. And then yeah, sure. I got hypnotized once. That was scary. Mind control was nuts. Mm-hmm. What did you get a video of of what they had you do? Luckily, it was 2010, so I think it was before like cell phone videos, and I have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've always been really uh, hesitant about about trying that one out, but I know it can have some really good benefits. We had a guest on a few weeks ago. She is a, a licensed hypnotherapist to help with anxiety, actually. Oh, that is so cool. That's man, people got such cool jobs. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dang. So, yeah. And I think it, more and more, I think the holistic kind of space, you know, more and more people, I think, are, are getting into it. And, and therefore, mm-hmm. there's a lot more jobs, I think, within it. In the long run, man, it's, I think it's safer. Some of these medications that zonk people out are just, it's hard to watch and people become reliant on it, just similar to opioid medications mm-hmm. when it comes to like like Xanax and everything. And it's just, it's such a commonly abused medication now that it's just, it's it's tough, man. And mm-hmm. uh, even some of these traditional like SSRIs and, and, and those class, they cause, you know, problems, especially for teenagers, mm-hmm. such problems with weight gain and hormone imbalances that it's just making things worse for them. And so for me to medicate somebody, like that and like I don't, I don't even feel comfortable like i barely even fill these prescriptions anymore i maybe have one patient that's on anymore just because we have we've transitioned our model into something different i think that's 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 something that should be looked at in the long run how do y'all feel about like adderall and stuff like that are y'all comfortable with it talking about it or no i don't know much about yeah. it no that's no just a, a disclaimer that you know talking about medications is technically out of my my scope oh practice. sorry yeah. as as a therapist but the, this yeah just, just the you know it it works I know a lot of clients who get a lot of benefit from it. I've also worked with quite a few people where it was sort of the gateway drug uh, into a lot of other things. I know a lot of doctors who kind of, I feel like have overprescribed it. And, you know, and once you get to kind of those peak or max levels, it's real hard to come down from. I've seen some people whose brains really uh, were affected long-term by it as well, that once Mm -hmm. they got off, you know, and like real high, I think, you know, like 120 to 140 milligrams a day of Adderall, which I think, you know, 20 is maybe, you know, I think the sort of- I took a five milligram once and I thought my heart was about to beat out of my chest. I can't even imagine. You reminded me. tragic to see, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Anything that I talk about, please ask your doctor or pharmacist. This is all- information you can use or don't use but just talk to someone first Adderall i am not is... a medical professional at thank you all, so don't listen <laughs> to me 
<laughs> you know, with stimulus, psychostimulants, and we medicate a lot of kids with these medications, there are other options that reduce the risk of abuse. For example, Vyvanse is one that has like mm-hmm. has some sort of chemical in it that's preventing any abuse. But there's still that potential of frying your brain is how I like to put it. And I am not against it by any means. I do believe it really helps a large population. But I truly think it should be used in an as-needed form. It's not something yeah. that I encourage patients to take every single day. And I tell people to always have something called a drug holiday, meaning like you're not on any Adderall or any sort of psychostimulant for like a weekend or something just to help refresh and make your body not depend on it as much. I love that idea. Drug holiday. Drug holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, To reduce dependency. Absolutely. You know, where I see like a real struggle is with children, teens who, you know, maybe their parents are losing their minds with them, or a lot of times maybe their teachers, you know, are struggling to sort of keep them under control in the classroom. And then, you know, they tell the parent, they recommend them, you know, maybe you should go see a doctor. Next thing you know, you know, your 10-year-old is, you know, taking Adderall and, you know, becoming dependent at a really early age. And then maybe they'll do a drug holiday and the behaviors, you know, kind of- Erratic. Uh, Exactly. And and so then they're, you know, recommended to, you know, keep using it. And, you know, and you it's a cascade, 10, man. Like, yeah. that's, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And especially now where it's so easy for you to get Adderall medication, you can go online right now and do a questionnaire and, and answer a couple questions. You'll visit with a doctor and then all of a sudden a prescription for Adderall shows up at your front door. That's crazy to me. How, why is it so easy to get? You know, I think they're of- cracking down a little. There was that company Cerebral, and I think Cerebral. another yeah. one. Yeah. Where <laughs> but do you know why? Do you know why they just- cracked down on it? No. Well, I think because they were they were prescribing it to literally anyone and everyone. No, because nobody else could get it for the longest time. Oh, I swear to you, no other pharmacies could get the medication because Cerebral and I th- I forgot the other name of the company. They would they purchased no. all of it, and we oh, weren't man, able to wow. get any. And so these patients that are used to going to a doctor traditionally and going to a pharmacy couldn't even get it. Like they, they just, there was no Adderall ever for like eight months. I feel like it was just impossible mm-hmm. to find. Mm-hmm. And so they came down and said, no, you can't do that anymore. You have to actually physically visit with their provider every single time was to prevent that and to make sure that ourselves get stocked for it. Wow. I didn't know it was from the shortage. Yeah. Yep. I definitely have heard, you know, from clients that there's yeah. a, a real serious Adderall. It was bad. Yeah. It was, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I had parents calling me crying, begging for it. I was like, I can't even get it. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Uh, Damn. Man. That's crazy. Dependency, um, man. I've heard some yeah. studies recently being done that ADHD, you can get the same symptoms from, I think it's ACT, advanced childhood trauma. I want to say, I think it's called. And a lot of the symptoms from that are showing as ADHD. So with that, what are some, do you have some like holistic suggestions for people who may have ADHD that are looking to try something different? Yeah, I am a, I love a product called Fasted Athlete. It has uh, three main ingredients in it. Yeah, a buddy of mine owns the company based out of Austin. It has three ingredients in there. It has dicaffeine malate, which is basically a slow release form of caffeine. So rather than having that big spike, it's just gradually crossing your blood brain barrier. When it has that malate group on there, it helps with uh, absorption. It also has creatine, which is a huge issue for a lot of bodybuilders. But creatine at lower levels helps with cognition more so than it does your muscle recovery. And so when you keep it at a low level, it helps with just with with memory and helps with focus. And lastly, it has lion's mane in there, which we've talked about before is my favorite thing to help with focus. I take one of those every single morning, man, and I can definitely tell a difference from when I take it when I don't take it. Interesting. What's something like that run? 
I think a bottle of 90, he sells it for like 40 bucks or something like that. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, it's on Amazon. He's on it's on Amazon. It's called Lyft, is the product that he likes. Lyft, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to give that a look. I know some people in my family who not sure if they have ADHD or not, but we're always yeah. looking for something to try for him to, you know, get focused on on some stuff. Do you think that it could be like a spectrum of ADHD? Oh, like for some sure. Have it like yeah. a little bit versus a lot. Yeah, a lot absolutely. I absolutely think that I have, you know, ADHD, but it's mm-hmm. not I see other people who have ADHD and I'm like, yeah, I don't have that. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that. That's not yeah. me. That's not me. <laughs> so absolutely. I mean, I mean, autism is a spectrum. People are finding out that things that they thought were ADHD or something like that turn out to be autism, you know, autism. And the spectrum is huge. And I think it's like that for all things that we diagnose people with. Everything is a spectrum. How accurate is a test online to tell if I'm autistic or not? I have no idea. I've never tried one. I took one, man. It told me I was slightly autistic and my heart broke. I was like, I knew something was wrong with me. Ah, really? I don't think there's anything wrong. I think there's <laughs> I'm sorry, not the wrong. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no I, don't, I joke, but it's true because I was mm-hmm. noticing, I was like counting, like I'm a pharmacist, right? I count things. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still find that I count my thing, other things as well. So I thought that was like, I just like patterns. I just thought that was like a normal, but apparently I learned that that could be one of the symptoms and that's. Yeah. You know, I've been told that because when I go into a new building, I like counting mm-hmm. the lights in the building. For oh, I've done that too. Oh man, the spectrum's <laughs> going further away. Oh, no. Yeah, so I yeah. think it's you know I think everything's a spectrum, and I think it depends on how severe into one way or the other you are on you know whether you are going to rely on medication or not. I really appreciate what you guys do, man. Like mental health is especially in guys such a hard subject to discuss, and I think a lot of more people struggle with it that don't want to talk about it, and and it contributes to a lot of issues that we see in our society now. Not to change subjects on you. I just, I just want no, to no. appreciation. I dig that. Actually, you said something that in our original messages that I wanted to ask you about. I'm going to pull it open because I want to make sure I get this right. You were telling me a little bit about yourself, and you said you are a Syrian-American Muslim man. Yeah, now, that's me. In the Muslim community, what's the discussion on mental health like? It's gotten a lot different now than it was when I was a child. Whenever it was openly discussed back in the day, it was something that was just a subject you just didn't bring up. You pray the anxiety away, basically. It was just just how it's done. And, you know, for some people with meditation, it helps, right? It's the same thing when you're praying in Islam. It it helps with the the relaxation, the centering of yourself. And I I truly believe that really helps. But it's also something that that a lot of imams now are openly discussing with their community. Uh, For example, the one here that I go to, the mosque that I go to in Frisco, where my wife and I got married, we... We're, we're a bit of part of the community. I've helped them with events. The imams there, all of them are really open about this because it's such an important subject for both the, the Gen Z population, the millennials, and as, as people get older, if it's if it's, you're not adaptable to what's going on, then you're going to fall behind. And they've done a really good job of adapting to that and having a safe place for people to discuss these things. Wow, that's amazing. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that looking from the outside in, I can tell you, you know, from what I've heard about, you know, that the culture in the Muslim community is that you don't talk about your feelings. You don't cry. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. just have to be super, super like stoic and tough. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish it was like that, man. I wish I could be that tough, but <laughs> not anymore, man. I'm just, it's, it's like, I just, I, I think that with everything, I mean, even, even in the past, it was the same thing with other religions, right? Like everybody had that, oh, you can't be depressed. You're just sad. Get out of bed kind of thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's something that every religion has to go through their own evolving, basically. It's so great to hear that it's changing though, for sure, because yeah. I know that there was a huge stigma and there's a huge roadblock for men talking about their mental health. Do you have any suggestions on how you think we can change that or spread the message and, and let everyone know that 
it's okay to share and it's okay to talk. Being open is the hardest thing for even someone like me. When I was going through my whole thing with type 2 diabetes, I I wanted to internalize everything because I truly thought I was Superman to my wife. Like I thought I was I was the one that's like you know, everybody could be sick. We could be, we'd feel like crap, but I had to be the one that was like over everything and overarching. And it's that, it's that stigma that men have to just get over at some point. And it was hard enough for me to just open up to my wife and tell her how I was thinking. There's a very specific story that I remember. And I've shared this on my podcast before is that I was standing in a grocery line uh, in the middle of a grocery store with my wife right after I got diagnosed and I was lost. My mind was everywhere. And at that moment, she knew that she stepped up and handled the situation, became an expert. She's in finance, right? She's a, in human resources. She has no idea anything about diabetes, but she became the expert for me. And that to me proved that, hey, I have a partner. It's not that I'm overarching. It's not that I'm doing everything myself. I have someone that supports me just as much as I want to support her. And once that was there, everything else came easier, man. Everything like we talk about, especially in Mr. Uh, marriage counseling over here will tell me that it's it's everything has to be teamwork. I'm lucky that I married a woman that she's baby. John, I love you for listening. Um, she gets me, man. She knows I'm crazy. She knows this never stops. And she just tries to suppress it for me is what she tries to do. That's awesome. How long have you guys been married? Uh, it'll be seven years this month. Oh, hey, awesome. Congratulations. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. She puts up with my craziness and yep. uh, it's, it's great, man. It's great. Yeah. I feel the same way about, about my significant other. Yeah? She's absolutely amazing. She's nice. been my partner through everything. She's actually the reason that I started going to therapy and nice. she encouraged me to do that. And we're actually coming up on eight years this year. Nice. That's so, amazing, man. So That's we're awesome. just, we're just, you know, just a little bit skosh more, a little bit, but, a little bit, a little bit. but I don't think it's any different. It's so great when you find that partner who can support you and kind of help you grow and you grow with each other. It yeah. really solidifies the relationship. Absolutely. Ryan, what's your best advice to give a married couple? <laughs> Only one. <laughs> and, and I'm the one uh, actually still looking for that soulmate. Oh um, man. Yeah. I gotta, I think she has, my wife has a sister, I think. <laughs> uh, I got you, bro. I got you. She's <laughs> Turkish. It's work side. She's <laughs> I'm stealing this from somebody else, from a, a psychologist that I know, that you have to put in the same amount of effort that you did when you were dating that you do when you're married. Oh, and, amazing. you know, I think that's the, and it's the little things, you know, I, I think it's, it's wanting that other person, you know, to be happy, really caring for them. You know, I think our society's gotten so individualistic, you know, that so much is about, you know, my happiness, my needs, my needs, my needs. But I think it's, you know, when we put somebody else in front of us a lot or, you know, importantly, then I don't know, then I think, uh, I think it helps both. Those people. That's amazing, bro. And what's the biggest failure you see in marriage? Maybe that individualistic nature, you know, uh, the, my yeah. needs, my needs. Obviously, it's important that we're getting our needs met, but I think it's, I don't know, also that the little things we stop doing, maybe the little things mm -hmm. that are really important to that partner, you know, we stop doing the little things and the big things, you know, stop getting done. And then, then we're just, again, thinking about ourselves and it takes work. It takes work. It takes a lot of communication. That's true. Yeah. It takes effort. Yeah. Takes, That's my advice yeah, to all like, new couples. Yeah. Work on your communication. That's a big thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tell people Try to chill. Keep the yeah. Chill. <laughs> chill. Just relax. It's easy to tell you. Just take a step, figure it out, move on. Hey, man, I love hearing that. Thank you. Yeah. And try to keep the intimacy alive. I think that's really important. Big one. There's, there's Big more one. to intimacy than just. I do hope our wives are watching this. Yeah. Hey, what's yeah. up? <laughs> For sure. That's um, awesome. Yeah, man, this is such a cool conversation. So I appreciate awesome. You, guys, man. you know, I appreciate you joining us. Is there any last thoughts before we get ready to, you know, 
end our discussion today? Yeah, take care of people. That's my that's my go to is that mm-hmm. I got in the business to take care of people and money comes behind it, man. So mm-hmm. anything that I do is is more to help help to just help the community, man. That's all you gotta do. That's great. And then Dr. H, where can people find you? Give us your socials, give us your podcast, all that yeah. good stuff. So yeah, Dr. H hosts the Sports Pharmacy Podcast. You can find me on all socials at Dr. Mixalot. I thought was hilarious. A bit, you know, some people told me, some other pharmacy people told me it's unprofessional. I was like, well, suck it. I don't care. So I, at Dr. Mixalot, anywhere, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Oh, sweet. I'm going to find you on TikTok. I've been trying to get I, I do a lot of these videos, the the wellness videos, where I talk about uh, like Taylor Swift's favorite vitamin and other like 10 second vitamin reviews oh, and stuff. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, maybe we can maybe we can collab in the future. Yeah, always down. Love it. Yeah. Sweet. How about you, Ryan? Any any last questions for Dr. H before we before we sign out for the day? I don't think so. I think I was just going to comment on uh, how crazy the uh, Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey thing has become over the last. <laughs> oh, so two awesome! Weeks. I love Taylor. Just taking over our society. It's great, man. It's 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 you know we need a little bit of enlightenment sometimes, and that could be they're a great couple together. She's tall, he's taller. He's handsome. She's pretty. It works out, man. It's fine. Let them have their love. Tay Tay. Maybe they'll hire you as Ryan as a, as a marriage counselor, bro. That'd be awesome. I'm on it. Yeah, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, if you're listening. I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Check out, check yeah. out Ryan Heapy. Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've got nothing else either. Appreciate so I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Everyone for listening in. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi. Make sure to check out our website, heymanitsokay.com. And it's uh, Hey Man, It's Okay. And OK is just O and K, not O-K-A-Y. And follow us on all of our social media. Everything is at Hey Man, It's Okay. And until next time, I'm Sky. I'm Ryan. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And remember, it's okay to not be okay. Take care.